Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. Anybody excited to be at Gethsemane today? Come on, that's not excitement. If you're excited, can you give God a shout of praise in the house this evening? Hallelujah. Help me find two, three people. Just tell them it's good to see you. It's good to see you. And God's presence looks good on you. And you may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we please help me celebrate the resident pastor of the new Ikeja, Pastor Dayton Adekoy in the house. And Mrs. A as well, please. Can you help me? Give them a big God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and privileged to be here. You may be seated. Thank you. Uh, you might have to stand up again. But um, I also want to, of course, um, celebrate our father, my father, our apostle in this house. He's not here, but he's probably watching or he's with us in spirit. Can we please? Join me in celebrating Pastor Shola Okodua. Can we make it louder and better? Can we just honor him and celebrate him? Hallelujah. What a gift he is to us. Hallelujah. And you should probably just stay standing. You know, when we celebrate our apostle, we never forget uh, his wife, our pastor as well, uh, Pastor Tokyo Okodua. Can we celebrate her? If not for anything, for the premium content we always enjoy, especially when she's out of town. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now you may be seated. Glory to God. Amen. I am so, like I said, so honored and privileged to be here again uh, and just to, to fellowship with uh, this, this uh, installation, this part of town. Glory to God. Um, oftentimes we just get to get the chance to watch on, t on TV, on YouTube, but, you know, every time I get a chance to be here, I'm, I'm always so grateful and honored, um, and I consider it a great privilege on the God. Um, today, we're talking about discipleship, right? Be disciple, um, understanding, fellowship, and submission, and this is quite a critical subject in a time like this. By the way, I just want, can you put your hands together for yourselves? I know hungry people show up on Tuesdays. In a city like Lagos, it took me two hours to get here, and I left quite early. Um, so, yeah, Lagos is quite a tough city, but you are here anyway. So can you jam your hands together for yourselves one more time? I, I honor that. Um, God honors that as well. On the subject of discipleship and submission and followership, uh, there's so much to say and so many angles we can look at, at this from, right? But I want to start with a story, my story, uh, and then we'll get into the word. Right after, of course, I've been in the new, been in the leadership, been around, you know, been around, been around. But sometimes it's not enough to just be around. And um, right after my wedding, uh, that was sometime in July last year. Um, P.S. asked us to, my wife and I, to come see him. So we got married out of town, um, not out of Nigeria, out of Lagos. I'm not trying to, just out of town means out of Lagos. We got married in Libado. Um, so it wasn't a destination wedding, just saying. Um, so he asked us to come around and just, um, you know, see him. And um, right after the wedding, it was just like a few days right after we got back into Lagos. Uh, and obviously, I was eager to, to meet with Pierce and um, just hear what he, he wanted to say to us and, and all of that. And, um, you know, amongst the many things he said, he said to, he gave me a particular instruction, or I should say, gave my wife and I a particular, well, me specifically, really, an instruction. Well, I, I took it as an instruction. It was a friendly advice. It seemed like a friendly advice. But thank God I took 
that friendly advice as an instruction. You know, when I did what he said, I started to practice what he said. And you know, everything just kind of took off from there. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you know, God gives us gifts and graces and an apostle like ours so that you can experience the fullness of everything God has for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we bow our hearts in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to fellowship at your word. I ask, oh God, that my words will not be words made of human wisdom, but they will be filled with your spirit and your power so that there can be deliverance, healing, transformation in this place. And Lord, I pray that the hearts of the people are open to receive your word. And we will be blessed because we came. For in the matchless name of Jesus, we've prayed. Amen. Glory to God. So I, I want to touch on something that I think is essential, right? Some, towards the end of last year, Q3, Q4, uh, if you remember, PS was teaching from the scripture, Acts 2 verse 42. I'm going to be taking my text from there and then we'll journey from there. Um, and in that time when he was teaching and, you know, emphasizing um, both privately and publicly, uh, the importance of being devoted to the apostles' doctrine and to fellowship. You know, and those words really resonated in my heart, you know, and I started to pray and I started to, you know, just spend time with God and brood around that word and instruction. Because I tell you what, the new, uh, and I'll try to communicate this the best I, I can, the new is not a church. We're not just coming to show, you know, we're not in a routine just showing up and, no, it's a movement. Glory to God. We are going to change the world. Anybody believes that? We're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. God's given us a unique assignment. Never seen, never been done before. So, and I hope that every time we get a chance to gather or you're listening to any word that comes from this pulpit, you take it with that weightiness and that reverence that every word spoken to me is to enable me to be all that God has called me to be. We're not here for routine at all. Hallelujah. And so as I was brooding on this word, the Lord gave me what I call the seven vessels, or you could say, I mean the seven tenets or precepts or behaviors, right, of a vessel or a disciple or a believer in God's move. And the first one, which is all I'm going to dwell on today, is the spirit of obedience. Let me tell you, neighbor, the spirit of obedience. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn with me to Acts 2 verse 42. Acts 2 verse 42. And I'm going to breeze through this. I know I have very short time, so I'm going to breeze through this. And I'm going to read. Uh, I'm reading, I believe this is the new international version. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. I want, to, I want to focus on the first part. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Hallelujah. And in Acts chapter 6, and you see, you know, the early church, this first church that was started is such a prototype of what God requires from us. And you see, all the tenets that I, that I believe the Lord showed me and gave me came out from just the book of Acts. What I realize is there's a behavior, there's a, there's a how to behave in the move of God. I told you about Stephen and Philip, probably not the most popular uh, people. You probably know Timothy, and when we talk about discipleship, you know Timothy, you know uh, some, of this, some of this popular guys. Peter and John will follow Jesus. But there were these other guys. One of them was Stephen. How many people know Stephen? He was recorded as the first Christian martyr. 
died for the sake of the gospel. And the question I ask myself is, how do table-serving men become city shakers? In Acts chapter 8, the Bible talked about Philip. Philip took the all of Samaria. How does a man who was appointed to serve tables turn to an, turn to an apostle to the nations? There's surely something about those guys. And I think the secret is in Acts 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. And that's what I call really the spirit of obedience. In the move of God, the spirit of obedience must be at work. In the move of God, the spirit of obedience must be at work. Jesus showed up at the wedding in Cana in John chapter 2 verse 5. His ministry hadn't begun. He was just having a good time. Came with his mom. And they ran out of wine. Right? And Mary said to... I mean, Mary tried to... Obviously, Mary cared so much about the people who were getting, getting married, you know. And she tried to find a way, right? And for some reason... She spoke to Jesus. Jesus was hesitant. In fact, our I will be that guy videos really around the story, right? So yeah, you, you understand it. You're familiar with it. Then Jesus said, what do I have to do with you, woman? My time has not yet come. Mary didn't care so much about that. She went to the servants in John 2 verse 5, and she said something powerful that launched the ministry of Jesus Christ. She said to the servants, whatever he says to you, Whatever he says to you, do it. And thank God for those servants. They obeyed. But I'm sure they weren't expecting how crazy the instruction will be. Because it was a crazy instruction. They were supposed to fill the jars with water and then take it to the, not get a chance to test if it works. Take it to the master of ceremony and wait for the miracle to happen. But they were obedient enough, even though not much is said about them, but he unlocked the ministry of Jesus. Because whatever he said to them, they were willing to do it. And that's the hallmark of true discipleship. I've said this to everybody that cares to listen. In the move of God, I've been saying it um, privately, I've said it, said it publicly. In the move of God, the spirit of obedience must be at work. The spirit of obedience must be at work. The spirit of obedience must be at work. Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And that's how the ministry of Jesus was unlocked. It took servants who had the spirit of obedience at work in them. Hallelujah. How did table seven men turn to city shakers? Stephen preached a powerful message. The whole of Acts chapter seven is devoted to Stephen's message. Preached a powerful message, summarized the entire Bible in one chapter. The glory of the Lord fell. They couldn't stand it and they killed him. How do table-serving men turn to city shakers? The spirit of obedience. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Paul said something. He said, we are fools for Christ. And you see, you could brush, brush over that statement, not understanding how heavy it is for Paul to mention, to say such a thing. Paul was learned. Paul was advanced in study. Paul was, he had everything going for him, right? Paul said, everything that I know that I have, I consider it loss. Just to embrace the obedience of the faith. Glory to God. Am I the only one? 
even just preaching this, I'm in awe of that. Hallelujah. It takes the spirit of obedience to step into the fullness of God's move. And it's not just in your life. For the entire, for all of us, all of us, because in Acts 2 verse 42, it was, in, fact, in, in verse 43, everyone was few. So we know it wasn't talking about a few people. It was talking about everybody. Everybody at the spirit of obedience at work. In fact, in Acts chapter 6, he also said, all the priests became obedient to the faith. And through them, there was an explosion. There was an eruption. There was a spread, an unprecedented spread of the gospel. Hallelujah. But it started with the spirit of obedience. We have to take the instructions. Everything, no matter how small, whatever it is, with reverence and just go ahead to do it. Because sometimes that's what it takes. The spirit of obedience. And one of the components of the spirit of obedience, and I'll try as much as possible just to make this as clear so you have action points living here. Glory to God. One of them is humility. There has to be humility at work to embrace everything you're told. Acts chapter 13, and this, this marvels me so much. And I'm just going to read quickly from Acts, Acts, Acts 13. In verse 1, the Bible says, In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called, uh, whether it's Niger or Niger, I don't know, Lucia, and then Lucius of Cyrene and all these guys, right? And then also Saul. Verse 2 says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, Saul, as at that time, which is now Paul, has such a powerful assignment, has such a major ministry, wrote two thoughts of the Bible, has such a major assignment that God has for him, but God put the instruction in the leadership of the church. And I'm thinking, God, isn't that very risky? What if the leaders miss it? Why didn't you just say to Saul directly, he was going to embark on one of his most important trips that buried most of the churches in, in Philippians, in Ephesus, all of that. But God put it in the hands of the leadership of the church. What if Paul was arrogant and wouldn't take, you know, he knew what the, he knew what the Lord had called him to do. He knew how important his assignment was, ministry to the Gentiles. What if he wasn't in humility to be submitted to authority? Perhaps he might have missed that moment. Jesus as well showed up, son of God, God in the flesh. Showed up to be baptized by John the Baptist. Said, let's do this so we can fulfill all righteousness. In other words, so that all protocols will be duly observed. Hallelujah. Humility is a component of the spirit of obedience. Humility. Humility. Another one is focus. We all know the story of Elijah and Elisha. After Elijah had called Elisha, he said to and you know, they'd gone through different seasons. Then he said to him, what do you want from me? And then he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. He said, you've asked for a very hard thing. But if you see me taken. And now that sounds easy, but if you look at the context of what Elijah was saying to Elisha, 
I'm sure Elisha didn't know it was going to be a wild wind, a fire, and a chariot of horses that was going to take his master. But his master said, the way you take, partake, or get the double portion of my anointing is if you see me. So I can imagine the kind of focus Elisha had in the midst of all the whirlwind and the chariots of fire. He managed to keep his gaze on Elijah. Because sometimes there will be distractions. There will be other voices. There will be suggestions. But if you keep your focus, the devotion like the early church had, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. If you keep the focus, if you keep the focus, you can catch the spirit. If you keep the focus, you can catch the spirit. Glory to God. Is anyone getting it this evening? Huh? Does this sound strange to you? Are you absorbing it in your spirit? Hallelujah. If you manage to keep your focus, you can partake of his spirit. There will be distracting times. Elisha had it. But if you manage to keep your focus, you can catch the spirit. Another one is genuine interest in the vision. You put in the vision in bracket. Genuine interest. Paul was talking about Timothy. He said, he said no one takes genuine interest in you. Right into the church in, in Philippi, the Philippians, right? He said, no one takes genuine interest like he does. I believe it's Philippians 2 verse 20. So, the love, the, uh, the attraction, the, 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 uh, the union in spirit that Paul and Timothy had wasn't just because Timothy was Timothy. It was because he really cared about... So, when Paul was saying... No one, I mean, Paul must, had many sons. Paul had many partners in ministry, collaborators in ministry. But he said, no one takes genuine interest in you like Timothy. I'm fully confident that if I send him, he will represent exactly what I represent. Genuine interest. Genuine interest genuine interest when we talk about the new and the vision does this stop at church or do you take it home in prayers and ask god what's my part in this how can i help this vision how can i help help lessen this burden how can i play my part how can i be a contributor how can i be a co-laborer indeed because it's not enough to be members we need co-laborers Co-laborers are not members. We need co-laborers who share the same burden and vision. Who share the, the genuine interest in the vision of the house. Who share a genuine burden for the vision of the house. Hallelujah. So this is my charge to you this evening. If we will indeed actualize what the Lord has laid down for us, and I have no doubt that is such a huge, huge assignment. And the more I realize this, the more I pray for our pastors. Like, God, give them the grace. Give them the strength. But I also pray, God, how can I play a part? How can I bring my own gifts and graces to ensure this vision is actualized? To ensure that we raise supernatural soldiers. To ensure that we change the world. The spirit of obedience must be at work. Mary said to those servants, whatever he says to you, 
do it. And you must, and there are countless, it's an exhaustive list of how this can play out in your life. But I want you to genuinely be introspective and think about these things. Do I really revere and honor the leadership in this house? Am I here for what I can get or am I a burden bearer? So to talk about legislation, it's not how it benefits you, but how it benefits the whole. How it takes us closer to where God wants us to be. That's the kind of devotion that turned Stephen and Philip from men who serve tables to men who turn cities around. That's what it's going to take. That's how we're going to step into this move and live in the fullness of it. As individuals and as a whole, do you want to rise up on your feet? And just speak to the Lord. And just ask him to help you where you need help. To show you where you need sight. To open your ears to the things you need to hear. And to give you a receptive heart. In Acts 16 verse 14, Bible talked about a certain woman whom the Lord opened her heart. Oh, glory to God. To receive Paul's message. And that's how the church in Philippi started. One woman. One woman. Where thousands in the new were more than enough. Ask God to show you. Ask God to teach you. Ask God to lead you. And show you your part in this assignment. Ask him for his help so that the spirit of obedience will be at work in you. You'll be one of those disciples. Like the servants. Whatever he says to you, you do it. You do it. Just do it. Sits well in your spirit. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And we'll be of one heart and mind so that when we speak, it will be like a roar. That's how we're going to take the city. That's how we're going to change the world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for these words. And I thank you for the abundant supply of your spirit to make the words germinate in the hearts of the people so that it can yield a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for this vision and for everything that you set to do and the things that you're doing in our midst. And we thank you because we would see the fullness of it as we all step into our place and be disciples indeed and be followers of this great vision and leadership that you've given us. In the matchless name of Jesus, we've prayed. Anybody receive something? You want to celebrate God? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Let's appreciate Deacon Busayo. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Let's do better. Let's do better. Let's do better. Thank you so much. Let's, let's have our seats. If you're online, you know, you can uh, throw some fire emojis over there. Um, if you listened, um, there was something that he emphasized, and that's um, obedience and how it's a limiting factor to how much of the move of God that you maximize. You know, I'm reminded of what Paul said. He said, brethren, I was not disobedient to the heavenly call. Obedience to leadership, who God has placed God. The Bible says he gave gifts to men. And if you accept him as your gift, or accept your pastors as your gift, the call is not for you, for your pocket. It's actually a heavenly call. 
And one thing you can do immediately tonight is to recalibrate your obedience. You may have been disobedient to the heavenly call hitherto. But you know from now on you can start being obedient. You can make that change. It's, the, it's like the message of salvation really. You may have been a sinner all your life. But then as you hear a message that stirs your heart, you can make a quality decision immediately. I say from today onwards, whatever he tells me to do, I do it. I was not disobedient to the heavenly call. We're actually in a move, guys. I'm not, I hope you grasp the grandness of what happened on Sunday with our pastor teaching in the UK church. It has not stopped Makim. I haven't gotten over it, to be honest. Prophecy fulfilled. Do you know how many churches have prophesied? But then right before our eyes, God is confirming his word. You are in a move. (laughs) You are in a move. You are in a move. If the Israelites knew they were in a move, they would have thought about the golden calf. This state would have preserved what God had committed into their hands obedience it preserves what god has committed into our hands thank you so much thank you messiah thank you so much sir let's appreciate him yeah so calibrate calibrate your obedience calibrate your obedience from today onwards god help me preserve your move even in your personal life so that when there's a requirement for a supply of the spirit you have something also to supply hallelujah glory be to god all right we're going to our next next session and i'm truly honored to bring in the last time he climbed up on stage he was a man only with a wife but god has expanded him (laughs) god has expanded him um you know him as pastor may but i have a new name for him (laughs) jesus welcome father as he brings us God's word. Come on, let's do better. Let's do better. He's looking like a daddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't sit yet. Don't sit yet. I was going to say all protocols duly observed, but I will observe it. First, I'd like us to thank God tonight. Uh, we're talking about submission, right? The Bible says that let the lifting up of our hands be as an evening sacrifice. One of the signs, one of the ways you can show submission to God in your worship is by lifting up your hands. So I'd like us to try something for two minutes. We're going to lift up our hands and worship God. And we'll take our the new song doing the while doing that. My Jesus, raise your hands. Lord, there is Come and raise your hands.
sound. you have for us today for we know that every time we gather you are right here in our midst for every time we gather you have something for each and every one of us we worship you Jesus we open up our hearts to you to receive what you have for us this evening we open up our hearts Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. Don't sit yet. So I'd like us to appreciate our apostle. P.S. is in the UK now. Don't forget, he has always been calling Guatemala, Sri Lanka. We are also going there. So let's celebrate my pastor. My pastors, Pastor Dito and Mrs. A. Before you sit, kindly celebrate yourselves. It's a privilege to be here. Amen. You can have your seats. The next time you uh, go for a service, and it's time for worship. You can practice what we have done today. Don't wait for a song. Just submit. Do you understand? Yeah. All right. So I will be taking, I'll be reading from First Peter chapter 5 from verse 1 to 6. Minda, you're going to help me. NLT translation, please. NLT. All right. So I'm going to be speaking to people in the house that want to finish this race. Amen. Those are the people I'm speaking to. You are a Christian, you give your life to Christ, you receive the life of Christ, and you want to see it till the very end. Those are the people I'll be speaking to tonight. So if you are part of these people, please open up your hearts to receive. All right, I'll read. And now, a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Next verse. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Next verse. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Next verse. And when the great shepherd appears... You receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Next verse. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Next verse. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, it will lift you up in honor. I wrote here in my notes that a collective purpose would always outlive you. 
and only a man who is omniscient wouldn't need to follow anybody. You know what omniscient means? Only a man who knows everything, everything there is to know, we don't have need. We don't have a need to follow anybody. I'm going to be making a case to us tonight. Uh, so when we leave here, you go back home and study deeper. I'm, just ma- I'm going to make a case. Then we go home and study deeper. I'll go back to the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and small animals that will scurry along the ground. Next verse. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, male and female he created them. Next verse. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the, in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Our legislation started from the book of Genesis chapter 1. Amen. That was the mandate God gave man. Are you following? But for God to fulfill that mandate on the earth, God needed to spread that mandate through what we call the family system. Amen. Who did God bless and give the mandate to? Man. Who was man's representative at the time? Adam and Eve. What was the mandate to Adam and Eve? You are supposed to take what I have told you, tell your children, right? Then your children will get married as well, tell their children, and that's how the mandate will spread to the ends of the earth. That was God's plan. And if you look through the Old Testament, you see the life of Abraham. The Bible says, I know my son, Abraham. He would teach his children, right? His children, right? Then if you look at the life of David, if you check the Old Testament, you see a lot of reference to your physical families. If you, read, if you study through the Old Testament, physical families, up until Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, that scripture you people don't like reading. And Elisha begets this one, uh-huh, that scripture. But have you noticed that when Jesus came, emphasis on physical families reduced? Have you noticed? You didn't hear Saul and his, what was Saul's surname? Paul's surname. I mean, who was Paul's father? <laughs> you don't know. You hear Saul of Tarsus, right? You hear Simon the Cyrene, right? You hear Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus wasn't the, um, the protagonist in the scripture, we probably would not know Mary and Joseph. Then let's read. Matthew chapter 16. 15 to 19. Matthew 16. Aha. Uh-huh. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Next verse. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Next verse. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Next verse. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This verse here was where the second family was instituted. God is still taking the concept of dominance to the ends of the earth through families. But 
in Genesis, it was through the physical family. Adam and Eve. You had to be born a Jew. Do you understand? Like you have to be born a Jew. The Old Testament. But now in the New Testament, Jesus now instituted another family system that will fulfill this mandate. Are you following me? Please follow me closely. Which is called the church. So we have the physical family and we have the spiritual family called the church. The Bible says in Corinthians, I can't exactly remember the verse, that the, God uses physical things to explain the things, God uses the things that are seen, right? Sometimes to explain the things that are unseen. So let's go on a journey with, I'm going to use a name that is not here, Ochuko. Who is Ochuko here? Nobody. All right, so Ochuko just gave his life to Christ. You have, I want you to put, I have a picture. Okay, I need two people, protocol, two people. I want to show you a principle in the scripture that if you take very seriously, it will change your life forever. Let's assume that this man here represents the physical family system. Amen. And this man represents the spiritual family system. Follow, are you following me? Now, when I just gave birth to a bouncing baby girl, they don't say bouncing baby girl. What did they say? Yes. I gave birth to a baby girl, right? So my daughter is my biological daughter. <laughs> Please, don't laugh and forget what I'm saying. Uh -huh. So my daughter is my biological daughter. She's a baby right now. She's a baby right now. Now, will my daughter wake up tomorrow and tell me what she wants to eat? Think about it very well. My daughter is not going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, Daddy, it is... Golden morning, I want to eat. What happens with my daughter between now and when she's mature enough? What happens to her? She's under my guidance, myself and my wife, right? She has to remain under my guidance. You're following me, right? Now, when it's time for her to go to crutch, we should tell me the crutch she wants to go to. No, right? That means I will tell my daughter or I will take my daughter to the crutch I think is best for her. Right? When it's time to go to secondary school, will she tell me the secondary school she wants to go to? We are doing like this. Wait, you, did you people grow up in Nigeria? Ah. See, in our system, let me just follow me. It's what I see. I'm here. I'm not holding the mic. Uh, so, the parents, the parents will choose the secondary school the child has to go to. When, it's, when it comes to university, that one now is when you can do like this. But some families, the father will say, you have to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. So you see the parent is still the, the, uh, guiding the child on what they think is best for the child. But don't forget that this physical family system from the beginning already had a fault. From the beginning. There was already an issue. Then God wanted to correct it because God is not doing away with families. God now introduced another system called the church, the spiritual family system. Are you following me? 
Now, let me tell you, we're not doing away with the physical family system because the truth is, God has instituted the spiritual family system to restore the physical family system. But now, Uchiko has given his life to Christ yesterday. Then Ochuko says that, you know what? I can know God by myself. And I'll just learn everything I need to know by myself. Is that not what is happening with a lot of us Christians? You have been asking yourself why you, are, you, are, you have not grown spiritually. You have been in church for a long time, but there's still this habit. There's still some things in my life that you have not paid attention to the system of growth that God has instituted for you. I want to ask another question. Did you choose your physical family? Amen. Did you choose your physical family? I will go to a church that is beside my house. The Bible says that I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Who is giving the shepherd? You are not the one picking the shepherd. God is the one giving you the shepherd. The same way God gave you a father and a mother that you didn't pick. Whether you like your parents or not, they are your parents. Amen? Whether you like them or not, you honor them because they are your parents. Let me tell you another principle in this analogy I'm making. In the physical family, you have the father and the mother. I hope you know that fatherhood and motherhood are offices. So when the Bible says honor your parents, the Bible is not saying you, it's not really about the person. It is more about the office that they are in. You respect people, you honor offices. So when they say honor, honor your pastors, honor your leaders, you honor the office, you respect people. So the same way in the spiritual family, you have a father, you have a mother, you have brothers, right? You have sisters. In the spiritual family, you also have a spiritual father or who we call your shepherd. Are you with me? And we have other leaders as well who are fellow nurturers. So I have five things that's, wow, time has gone. <laughs> are you, do you understand what me this evening? You cannot, there's no growth outside the system that God has designed for you. Before God created man, he created Eden. Before God created you, he created a system of growth for you. Before you gave your life to Christ, there's already a system of growth in Christ that has been, been established for you. So you cannot ignore that system and expect to grow. That's where the concept of submission and followership now comes into play. How will you grow if you don't submit under the authority of the teachers that have been sent to you? Hallelujah. I wrote here, one of the first things you need to do to understand submission, to understand fellowship, to understand your place in this move is you have to discern your spiritual family. Discern your spiritual family. Let me give you another analogy before I, before I go. What did you study in school? Electrical engineering. What did you study in school? Mathematics. Mathematics. 
All right. Now, before you became an electrical engineer, did you have to go to class? Yes. Huh? Yes, I did. So you had a lecturer? Yes. Or lecturers? Yes, lecturers. Now, what's the essence of teaching you electrical engineering? To become an electrical engineer. For you to become an electrical engineer, you had to go through a system, a curriculum that was specially prepared for electrical engineers. Are you with me? So how is it that to become a Christian, you want to bypass the curriculum that has been specially prepared for you? There's a curriculum that has been prepared for you. And just the same way, well, you picture, most of you, maybe you picture university. Just the same way you went to a university, you did not pick the lecturers that will take you. Did you pick the lecturers? God also sends the teachers that will teach you, but you reject them because they don't look like it. This is if you understand this. See, you are a Christian. No? Don't let us play with this Christianity thing. There's a world to go and take. There's a world to go and legislate. I was having a conversation with some people, um, I mean, this week. Some people came to my house, and if you come to my house, I will ask you questions. That's one thing. So they came to my house, right? And I played a video for them of a pastor in a uh, teacher's board meeting, right? And he was reading out a textbook that was given to kids. And he had a lot of rubbish in it. But while he was reading it out to the, at the boardroom, the board members were cringing. They asked him to stop. Then he now challenged them that, wait, if you're asking me to stop reading this, how is it that you have given it to children to read? Talking about LGBTQ and the likes. In the textbook of kids, I've given birth now. I will emphasize it. Yeah. <laughs> now, should you, should you not be concerned that what will your kids learn 10 years, 15 years from now? If we don't rise up and enter the educational system and introduce and you know what legislation means? To enact laws. To establish how things are done. And Christ is the truth. We are representatives of Christ. We are supposed to go there and establish Christ in that system. If we don't rise up and establish Christ in that system, we are going to have a world that even we cannot live in. So we need to stop playing Anki panky with this our Christian thing, our Christian faith. We need to grow. But there's no growth without submitting to the systems of growth that God has put in place. You can't grow. There's one other example I want to share. I, 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 I've been struggling with it, but let me just share it. Somebody came somebody that stays with me was having a conversation with me. I mean, he drives, um, he uh, does Uber, right, and both and the likes. So he said, Pime, I want to ask you a question, that something happened to me on my way back today. Um, I carried two people. They were coming from church. I mean, I can't mention the name of the church. So they were coming from church, and uh, in, the, in the car, they, they had a very beautiful meeting church meeting so the lady was the one speaking she spoke about the holy spirit the guy said 
when this lady was speaking that he so much blessed him he was so blessed but what happened was that immediately after she finished they finished the meeting they started talking sexual stuff they were not married immediately after he then said that at some point he just packed he said you people please come down you don't need to pay just come down and go but have you not is are this not the kind of christians that we have in this time you like the fairies let's jump let's shout let's worship you fall under the power you do all of that then you live here and you live a different life entirely then when one problem happens you start looking for pastors when there are principles in the scripture that you can that you can apply to every situation how long are we going to continue like this how long like i said what i'm doing tonight is making a case Dicky Musaya has already said some of the things that you are going to do. Spirit of obedience. Obey. Be humble. Yeah. Follow. He has said that one. What I have come to do is to make a case for why I think that it's time to submit under the authority of God. But you can't submit to God if you are not submitted to men. Because from time past, God is eternal. His principles are internal. From time past, from time immemorial, God would always use men. When God was going to introduce the blessing to earth, he put it in Abraham. If you don't align with the things that God has told Abraham to do, you cannot enjoy the blessing that is on Abraham. Do you understand me? When Christ came, for you to be a Christian, you have to align with Christ. You cannot be a Christian outside of, are you with me? You can't be a Christian outside. So God sent Jesus, human, right? God sent Jesus, human, so that we can look at that human and align properly there's there, there are a lot of things on my in my notes but the time has gone unfortunately but i just want to read one more scripture then i will have you been blessed yes, sir. hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 Thank you. you guys Please, I appreciate it. Let's read together. One, two, and read. And how hard you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still. Next verse. Next verse. Wait, wait, wait. Let's take it again. One, two, and read. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Next verse. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his name, saying, next verse, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. For the Jews to enjoy of this, they had to do everything that Abraham asked them to do. Because that was what God told him to do, to keep this covenant. Amen. You are in a spiritual house. You are in a spiritual family. Just like Dikim Busayo said earlier, obedience to what comes from the apostle over the house is very critical. 
to your to fulfilling your mandate on the earth obedience let me give you a secret code anything you see happening in the new as a body is supposed to be a reflection of what should be happening in your life do you, do you understand what i just said so if the new tomorrow buys if we buy our property or when we buy our property it should give you a signal to what god is ready to do in your individual lives but you cannot eat of what of 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 the house if you are not submitted to the house so i submit to you today to be all that god wants you to be submit to everything that god has commissioned this house to do you're not here by coincidence it's not a mistake at all let's pray father in the name of jesus lord we ask that this word will not be mere words but this word will be backed up by power to do in the name of jesus and i pray for everyone listening to me right now the lord will open your eyes to discern accurately what this house is to you in the name of jesus and i pray that the lord will also open your eyes to see the part you ought to play in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.